0: Welcome back to another episode of The Monthly. I'm one of your hosts, Karosh. I'm joined by my co-host, Jay. Hello. Um, And what we do is we come to you in a podcast format. And Mm -hmm. what we do is we talk about a game of our enjoyment for a month. And we break it down to where each week of that month, we talk about a different aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, This month, it's been Horizon Zero Dawn on the PlayStation 4. So uh, good. Brought by, is it Guerrilla? Yeah, it's Guerrilla Games. Yeah. Um, who've been, uh, known for their Killzone series. And, uh, we've talked about the, uh, story, which mm-hmm. is a big draw for us. And now we're going to go into gameplay this week. Yes. Um, Jay, why don't you start us off? What do
1: you think? Um, gameplay, hun- gameplay? hunting dinosaurs with a bow and arrow. I, I, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> I think Hawkeye put it best in the... <laughs> Age of Ultron movie where it's just like I'm literally fighting robots with a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, was true. i never thought about that. That's a good I'm surprised there's
0: been no memes of that.
1: Seriously, Hawkeye is like the least memed Marvel character and honestly, just really? all of his snark from comics, which we could do a whole episode on, is like, it's legendary. But, um, back to Horizon Zero Dawn, I never realized how much fun it is playing with a bow and arrow. Um, I mean, we got a taste of it in Tomb Raider okay, and, so, yeah. um, and in a lot of games, like it, it's, it's definitely gained popularity as like this cool mechanic that games are now using, mm-hmm. which is funny. Cause it's like one of the oldest weapons in gaming history, like freaking link had fire arrows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back on the NES. So it's like it That'd as a cool. mechanic, it's super cool. Cause I don't know, the game's very asymmetrical. Like you're literally a human with like primitive tools trying to fight these giant robots and it's really nice because it kind of gives you that underdog feel every single time you go into a fight um even yeah, to like, like the initial end of the
0: impression it's like okay there's these giant dinosaurs and right. you're like okay well what do i got do i got a blasters cannons no you got an arrow <laughs> a bow and arrow and a dinky little like spear like yes. when the game starts that's that's literally what you're loaded with like, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it, it immediately goes into, like, the survivor trope of, like, how video games are done. Like, it has the the crafting element that, like, Minecraft and all of those sort of survival games have made popular. So, like, all of your ammo is stuff that you have to craft. And I remember, like, when I started playing, I immediately just started hoarding shit. Like, constantly. Like, I had to pick up all the things. Because I was yeah. always worried about, running, about um, running out of ammo. And... Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's really cool because it just, it makes you, it makes even the mundane stuff in the game feel like you've earned it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, early on in the game, I, I definitely appreciate the progression it gives you, where early in the game, you feel, you, you're, you genuinely feel underpowered and like not confident in your gear. Like you're going into the (laughs) fight as the underdog, essentially. Yeah. With just like an individual robot. Yeah. Um, and as you progress and, and take down these creatures through different tactics, um, you start getting all the loot and whatnot. But, yeah, I felt like early on I was, like, going for every piece of loot or drop or twig mm-hmm. with the worry that I'm going to run out. Like, I always had this, like, fear of, like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to be low. I'm going to be low. I got to be careful. I got to pick my shots. But as they progress, and I, as you, you know, you're able to get better gear and and more uh, options to more weapons and loot and stuff. I feel like the game changed for me. Like when I, by the time literally when I got to like midpoint or like three fourths in, mm-hmm. I was I launched like five hundred arrows and I was like ah I got no I got like another five hundred I got like <laughs> easy. There was a point like I think it was still pretty early on. I would say um, it was the first time I met. Met one of the uh, was it the Thunder Hawk the, the mm-hmm. Big Bird yeah <laughs>
1: we'll and, call him um, Big Bird I like that Big nickname Bird. we'll just call him Big Bird
0: <laughs> um, the first time I fought one it took everything and it got to the point where I used every weapon every mm-hmm. ammo type and I was I was down to nothing and it still wasn't dead and I was like I had m- figured out how my maneuvers would be but so I was able to survive but I couldn't be uh, offensive against it so I literally was running around while it's chasing me gathering twigs to try and make like just 10 more arrows to get me through <laughs> I was like god and when the fight ended and I, I found a way to beat it I was like that like everything I'd saved up until that point like I'd just been saving I'd never been low it was mm-hmm. all expended there and I was like holy shit
1: yeah yeah that um did you have an experience I, like that? Yeah, the Thunderhawk. It's it, it. Big Bird seems to be like the milestone for a lot of players. Like when I was looking through the subreddit, that was like the one where people were like, spoiler alert, fuck this guy. And it was like a picture of the Thunderhawk. <laughs> to be like, fair,
0: I, I ran into the Thunderjaw first, the T-Rex, mm-hmm. but I immediately saw it and I was like, nope. And I yeah. like, ran right past it, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not ready for this <laughs> mentally, physically, emotionally, anything.
1: The so, Thunderjaw, I completely accidentally ran into, ran into, and started did you fight the fight. It yeah.
0: Oh, st- okay, you got balls then.
1: Yeah, no, I was so I was like, I was trying to be all like Metal Gear Solid and stealthy and shit, because I was like, all right. I think there might be something around this rock and I start creeping and literally thunder draw face right next to Aloy as she turned the corner and then like I freak out. I hit the first button that I can think of. Yeah, it's a spear attack and so (laughs) I just boop him on the nose and it just immediately goes into rage mode and I'm like, oh my god (laughs) and that was like that was another one of those like I am not prepared for this. Like I had just taking de- taking down my first round of crocs so i was oh, like yeah, yeah. okay i'm a little bit broke there's a save point over here right right sweet mother of god what is that <laughs> yeah the, the, i the
0: cool thing is like each a, a creature you fight each engagement is a total like the strategy has it has its own niche to it it's like okay with with the Thunderjaw, this is what you keep in mind with the 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 Crocs. This is what you keep in mind with uh, mm-hmm. any of the what is it the um, the Prowlers. Yeah, y- you have a certain strategy with each one. It's never the same fight. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say unless you're like overpowered in this like end game at that point. <laughs> Because to be honest, when I got to the end game, I would like well we could touch touch on like the weapon v- variations later in a second, but mm-hmm. I was really heavily reliant on the rope caster. And literally mm-hmm. like my auto solution for everything at that like towards the end where I had an abundance of everything was just rope cast the shit out of something and then just <laughs> go to town at my discretion.
1: Right. And I remember when we were talking about that, the two of us used completely different mechanics when we played the game at the end game. Right, yeah. Like, I never touched the rope caster. Like, it was one of those things where, like, I was using the trip caster all day where I'm like, all right, here's my fatal funnel, follow me. (laughs) (laughs) And, like oh but okay so like before we move on to like the individual like weapon mechanics though mm-hmm. there is one thing i wanted to bring up about like the different creatures and the different strategies that you were talking about how like okay you had a you had a specific one this was prior to me playing breath of the wild the game felt very zelda in that aspect like in the original zelda games you always had to have some kind of strategy to beat certain kinds of monsters like right just for the sake of our listeners like you know, Ocarina of Time, there were some Koroks that, like, if you hit the... If you used your shield properly, it would reflect it right back in their face. Um There were the spider ones that you had to hit one side of it in order to, like, spin it around and then hit it again. Like, I this was, like, the first game that actually made me have that same sort of feel as Zelda, where I was, like, I actually felt a victory beating any mundane creature in the game. Because, like... Yeah. It was like I learned it, and the only other game where I've ever hel- had that feeling, and you know, both of us can riff on this, Monster Hunter. Yeah, right? I was
0: about to bring that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> like once you learn, uh, for for like in Monster Hunter uh, Arthalous, it's it's uh, behaviors. Mm-hmm. Then you've you've now understood how to approach it, and what what the ticks are, what the uh, cues are, what are, what aren't. And I could I would say this would extend I mean just from our experience those are our two kind of heavy um, similarities but uh, someone who plays Dark Souls or like Bloodborne would would some say something similar where it's a game of like repetition, you're 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 getting taken down until you can finally learn the cues and the behaviors of these creatures or beasts or whatever yeah and and go forward with that mastery it's not so much a I mean, you can you can fight something with the lowest gear and still come out on top. That victory is a mental victory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's nice. It does reward it... you with the with the cool shit after, but like that would make it easier. But you could still take them down with the lowest of gear.
1: Though. Yeah, yeah. And like I don't know. There's there's something about games like that that like are teaching you. Like better tactics as opposed to giving you better gear. Because, like, even though in Horizon you get better gear, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily make the fight all that much easier if you don't know the tactics, right? Right. Like, if we grabbed someone and gave them our character with the full gear loadout and said, kill that thing. They would yeah, still they get would go, wrecked. <laughs>
0: they would go to town with, like, like blast weapons when blast isn't effective against anything on, like, a given weapon,
1: uh, enemy. Yeah, or exactly. Or they'd be like, why is it not setting on fire? I'm like, well, because its primary component is fire. So yeah. it's, it, it's going to Or these are you. the weak
0: spots, and that does, wouldn't really apply to that weak spot
1: or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So weak spots. Like, that was another thing that tripped me out because I haven't had to play a game where I was aiming at weak spots other than Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I logically go for headshots, so luckily that, like, that felt right, but, yeah. like, the second that they were like, you need to break this part off to disable this move, I'm like, Monster Hunter! Yeah, like, exactly. I was like, I'm...
0: oh my god, this, there's this, there, I can piece by piece, like, take this monster down. Like, with the with the Thunderhawk, that's what I was doing, was I was taking out, like, the things that were attacking me most, and mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, now at least I'm, I'm safe while I make my offensive... Um, yeah, And then I could go forward. Same with any other creature. I was like, okay, with the with the thunder jaw, I would take down the giant blasters and yeah, to, 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 to get them off me. And B, because now I can pick like some of these things you could pick up and use against them.
1: Which is an amazing mechanic. That's, that's I love that. so cool to me. It's There's like an
0: immediate satisfaction, as well as okay, you can pick up the, the loot and gear that any of these items also drops, which is <laughs> a long term. Thing because then it's like, you can go to vendors and I love the way everything ties in together. Like it has an immediate, yeah. a short term and a long term kind of like payoff.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's funny. There's like a little known anime that I watched a while back that made me immediately like reminded me of the Thunderjaw when I ripped off that stupid rocket disc thing on its back um, mm-hmm. called Spriggan really really vague anime but like basically this guy jumps on top of a jeep rips off the machine gun and proceeds to shoot the guys in the jeep <laughs> and like in in the most absurd over-the-top anime way and so like when i was doing that i'm like eat this God, like just like completely going ap- <laughs> and like my fiance is sitting there on the other side of the couch being like what are you doing? <laughs> like, how are you this enthralled? Cause I had headphones on. Cause I was right, trying right. to be respectful. But at the same time, she's like watching this carnage on the TV and listening to me lose my mind. And I was like, I, it was, it, that was the first time I actually found a weapon. Like, I didn't even realize it on the stalkers and the saber, the saber jaws or whatever. Like the yeah. machine gun on their back. I never realized that. I usually just blew them up. Yeah, like, I didn't and,
0: realize it until way later when I was yeah. just like... There was like three of them and I saw an item from a distance while I was still in that area. Mm-hmm. Usually because when I take one down, I'll just go in and collect. But when I still had two more to face, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. I can use this. Oh, <laughs> oh, now I'm now I'm, now I'm godly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the combat, like we're talking about like more aggressive play styles. But I love that like you were saying on the trip mines, obviously that... I would think, in my mind, I would think that that plays more to a stealthy approach mm-hmm. and I love that you have the option of like in, approaching an encounter, either really aggressive and like just straight up balls like all <laughs> balls of the walls go in, yeah, um, and even then, the variations could be I'm playing long distance range with very various weapons or you could go in with your spear and just go melee. Mm-hmm. And, and dodge and, and uh, roll but how did how did the stealth go for you I, I didn't really do too much of it unless i had to
1: so this um so when i used the trip casters actually they were my fail so i would go in stealthy and okay. like try to take down as many as i could but uh-huh. the second i was detected i had this fallback point that literally there would be 12 trip casters in a row like it was literally a tunnel that was just like if you walk down this tunnel you will be dead And so, like, I'm sprinting down this thing. The first one takes out the, like, I would aim the trip casters in such a way that they would actually knock off pieces. So I'd use, like, I'd use blast casters on the roof to, like, chip off anything from the top. I'd use drop casters on the bottom to, like, blow out their legs. And then, like, electric ones, like, all these different ones. Like, it was the same way that you were using the rope caster, but I was basically doing it very slowly. Because they'd hit those things, they'd explode, I'd hit them a couple times, and then run to the next fallback point. The only problem okay. is when I underestimate them, <laughs> like, I would <laughs> run <laughs> out of fallback. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For me, what I ended up doing before I really utilized the rope caster was I would just stick to, like, well, we, we can also get into the, the upgrade tree, but I upgraded my arrows to launch multi-arrows as soon as possible. Um, and what I would do is I would just load up my arrows as quick as possible and go into slow-mo. And just focus in on, like, focus shots. And depending on, like, the, the type, of, I would really go on, like, the pierce arrows. Like, the specific arrow types is what I relied on. I didn't mm-hmm. really, I stuck within one um, arrow type. And or no, I would just stick with arrows. And then within the arrow subtypes was where I would really, like, play around. Then uh. halfway through the game, I was like, wait, I have a whole plethora of, like, other weapon types. And yeah. <laughs> their variations, all these different types of like the rope caster, or the, the stuff, the tear blaster was really helpful when I was like trying to make quick work or something, mm-hmm. like the behemoth. I would just tie it down with a rope caster, use the tear blaster, blast a bunch of the coverings off, and just go to town with arrows on all the weak spots that were exposed then.
1: Huh. I didn't even um, use that tactic.
0: <laughs> what? Etta? So to touch on the, the, the skill loadouts that you upgrade, which ones did you go for first?
1: Um, I went for the slowdown shots the most. Okay, the slow-mo, like like to give yourself more time? Yeah, because I'm a it's funny, I'm I'm an archer in real life and I'm a terrible shot in that game. So like I needed like an extra couple of seconds to lock So my you're shot like down.
0: fantasizing about like oh if only I had this much time with my shots in real life.
1: Oh my god, yes. I would, <laughs> I, would I would I would literally give Hawkeye and Green Arrow a run for their money. Like <laughs> But yeah, so that was that was my first tree. That and the stealth takedowns, those were the first things I immediately got. Okay. Um, and then just like if I had anything left over, it was like the increase in drop of items. From whatever kills.
0: Yeah, the gathering resource part. Those those were handy once I started realizing that. I think the one thing I left for last was like anything regarding human um, combat, human to human. Mm -hmm. I didn't like those. And I think I paid for it because those tended to be the most difficult encounters for me. Yeah. Um, I would usually like if I came across, there was one encampment that gave me a lot of trouble where it's like they were all within range of each other where if I got one person, the entire camp was alarmed. Yeah. So all I could do, the only strategy I thought of was just like take them out, get everyone's attention, and just bring them to me, hopefully, in this like really far out area. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I could like t- pick them off as they're coming at me. But a lot of times I would take a lot of damage and I have to run really far. <laughs> it was interesting. But yeah. It... Yeah, go
1: ahead. Oh, no. I, like I had the same tactic, like about fighting people. Cause like, yeah. again, that was my last upgrade too and i think that's a weird bias for us to like we're not gonna kill people like we're gonna kill robots and i um, I was
0: prepared for a robot fight i wasn't prepared for other humans
1: yeah yeah and like i always ended up with like mounds of corpses basically in one doorway like i'd find one corner that they (laughs) like they would just and that was i was i was ashamed of myself when i did that because i was just like i'm exploiting like the ai in this game at this point because i'm just like i like the the human to human contact was my least favorite part of the game because I was just like I don't I don't want to shoot because all I have to do is shoot you in the face and then you're dead. Like there's yeah. no there's nothing interesting about that. But I don't
0: know. <laughs> I, had, I had a similar feeling. I felt like it, the strengths of the game were really shown when in combat when you were against beasts. Um, yeah, I think that was obviously the focus. But aside from combat, uh, just ex- ex- like what were your thoughts on? The mechanics of like let's say exploration of the world like just getting across the map interacting with the with what existed in the in the game world what are your thoughts
1: i think it did a really great job of sort of gating off certain sections like they don't like you can literally run from the from the 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 sacred lands all the way to the to the far west of the map if you want to like right out the gate, I think um, there's the tutorial section that basically locks you in the sacred lands for a second. Yeah. But like once you're done with that, the game felt very organic about finding things. Like I never, I never really started exploring things until I was like near the end of the game. Oh, okay. and for most open world games, I tend to just go off. I'm like, fuck your rules. I'm gonna go everywhere right. and just and just do whatever I want because I'm I'm a huge fan of open world games. And like a lot of times they'll do it wrong. Um, but a lot of, like, very few, they'll do it right, and it just makes you sort of appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Horizon was one of the ones that did it right, because it was like, it would give you an objective somewhere, but it wasn't like a main objective, it was like a side objective, and somehow I ended up, like, in the northeast quadrant where the, where the, the Banuk tribe was, and okay. like, I, I was like, wait, about. this is a whole different tribe of people now. And what is and that what, giant What ends up happening
0: thing? a lot of times is, like, you, you go that area, and then you wander a little bit, and now you've got five more quests that you've taken on. And you're like, yeah. oh, those will take me, and then here's five more quests.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then it's like you get the backlog sickness, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you just have all the things that you want to be doing at that time. and. <laughs> And and that was the thing, like, I I was playing the game for like a solid two weeks before I started getting back on track with the main quests, and I wasn't yeah. mad. Like, yeah, none of them no, felt stupid. <laughs>
0: I, you felt progress even if you weren't progressing the, the main quest or the main storyline. You felt like if you're not even, even if you're not going towards the main quest, as urgent as it may have seemed at, at the time of this, given the story context, mm-hmm. you, oh, excuse me, Every every sud- side quest or sub quest or whatever felt like it was either adding a sense of urgency to it, giving it a layer, or like adding a new perspective to that. And I felt like that was just like really positive. It was it was a good progress. It felt like progress without the thought of progress. I don't know how to describe. Yeah. It. Well, it was it, it was um, well it was, layered. Like I think everything was yes. weaved in such a way that it was like even when you're not on that, you could still. I think that's what. It, yeah. Well, and I'm I'm
1: sure some of our listeners and you have probably played like bad open world games where they're just like, go collect me five mushrooms. And and it's just like
0: feel repetitive.
1: Yeah, and you're like I don't want to do that. But like this game literally had like go kill this thing. Like there were kill quests. Like if you really were looking at it from like mechanic standpoint, it's like go kill this thing. But they didn't just ever say like go kill this thing. It was like um we need to kill this thing because it's been ruining the crops in this area and we're afraid it might have snatched someone's daughter. Like that that's how they would wrap it. Sure. And you're like, "Oh, okay. I'm like emotionally invested in this quest now, you know, to to do the thing." Yeah. And I don't know. It, it's it's just I I thought it was beautiful, and then at the end of the game, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Oh god, spoilers! You find out that all the side quests actually did have meaning. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that was that was super satisfying. Like, very, so very so satisfying. So.
0: But the other thing that I really like is not, we talked about the combat engagement with like the ro- the the beasts and the robots and whatnot, but the the exp- the the way you engage with them on an exploration level. I really, really loved whenever I came across like an area where there's these um, the long necks. Um, yes. You see them, and they're they're one of the more passive creatures that you run across. But what what is awesome is when you see them, you have to figure it's like a puzzle a to figure out how to get on them because there's usually some sort of uh, jump off point that would allow you to get up to them and climb mm-hmm. them. And then once you've climbed them, you 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 uh, decode them or or override them. And what it did was it would give you access to that region's, like, map. Like, it would uncover all the nodes and stuff so you could see it on your world map, which I was like, okay, this is a a way within the game that it it kind of incorporated discovery while also, like, engaging with these creatures in a more passive way.
1: Yeah, it was... um, And And I mean, that was... I like that. I I really like that. And it it was made popular... Like, that mechanic's made popular by uh, the Assassin's Creed series, right? Like, the little... Yeah, so, and I mean, that's another trait of open-world games. Like, there's always, like, a vantage system so that you can, like, reveal the map. Like, in um, uh, Ghost Recon, for instance, like, Mm -hmm. if you could get the... No, actually, you had all the maps there. Never mind. Scratch that. Uh, But in all the Assassin's Creed games, like, to unveil, like, the fog from a certain section of the city, like, you had to go stand on the highest point, get the cool cinematic, and then, boom, you're there, right? Yeah. in the shadows of Mordor. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, they had the towers. In, too. in
0: division, the interesting thing was like, it made sense because it was like, if you do certain side missions that were like communications related, then that region's like items would now be able, you would able to be able, you would be able to see, scan for all the items in a region, so you would know their positions. Yes, yes. Or something and, that uh, affect if I remember correctly. But, yeah,
1: yeah, it, it gave you the ability to do the side missions in that area, basically, and, if you could get that communication array.
0: And to go back to Horizon, it's just like you were fighting these robots, you're riding these robots. Like, when you were able to mount, like, some of the beasts, it was pretty cool. When you're able to uh, access the data of the longnecks. But then the, the cauldrons... I oh loved how, how you, A, were able to, like, they had the cauldron. It was like a mini Zelda dungeon. But usually mm-hmm. the end of a cauldron resulted in you being able to increase your capabilities of what creatures you were able to override to your right. side. Either to mount or to have fight for you. Mm-hmm. Um I like I I thought that was like that surprised me honestly like I was like oh this is just going to be an area where there's just a bunch of creatures I'm going to get some sweet like weapon maybe but that yeah. was it knowing later that after I did one or two of them I was like oh it, it's like each one will give me another three or four creatures I can access and there's like a boss at the end sort of like yeah. that was the fir- the first one I did was the first one first time I fought one of the the fire breathers the
1: fat butts Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that look like they have
0: (laughs) it. Yeah, that fight was like, because of the proximity, usually when I fight one of those, I have a lot more distance that I could give myself. But Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, I need to figure out how to, like, maintain my distance while in this tiny space. It was pretty,
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I um, (laughs) the funny thing is, I actually really underutilized that talent. The like, I went to all the cauldrons to like just check it off my list that I'd beaten them. Yeah, there was like two. But like, I just couldn't find the usefulness of possessing things, other than like the stuff I was writing. Um, and, I mean, that's one of the few mechanics that I feel kind of fell down a little bit okay. in that, like, you couldn't give orders to the things.
0: Yeah, I would have liked, like, I think the only thing you can do in terms of that is once you've unlocked it, which is later in your tree, you mm-hmm. can whistle in um, automatically, like, an overridden, like, mount. But that was just for mounts. You couldn't really yeah. do anything besides that in terms of, like... As l- The closest you could do to giving it commands was, like, getting it close enough to an enemy, and then it was, like, a delay, and you never knew what it would attack,
1: and, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, you might accidentally, di- like, ping it, and it would immediately turn the override off. Like, yeah. that that felt like a kind of a design flaw to me, but at the same time, like, it also meant that they would have had to do a different type of interaction for you to, like, aim the things. And, like, later on in the game, that could potentially be super OP, like, potentially, like, taking over a Thunderjaw and, like, walking over to the last boss and being like, what? <laughs> and just send them after yeah. one another. So, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it,
0: but... It definitely room for improvement there. Um, uh, what were you gonna say after that?
1: Oh, yeah, but, like, the cauldrons were super cool. Like, I, I liked the fact that it was... Because the game was, like, so open and all that stuff, like, when you fought the boss and it was basically this claustrophobic space... Like, mm-hmm. fighting that fire bellow with two saber-tooths in it, I think that was, like, the second or third cauldron. Yeah. Like, yeah. no thank you. I don't like fighting <laughs> the saber-tooths in the open, let alone, like, in a fucking box. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: I remember quickly going into, like, the, the slow-mo where you're, like, freezing <laughs> the game and getting your ammo and everything. Yeah. I was, like, loading up on, like, just blast and just, like, going to town and just splash damage as much as possible before any cohesive strategy
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's just like just empty a clip into this guy and get the hell out of the way (laughs) um
0: it's interesting though in terms of the open world i think we talked about in terms of the story how it's had shared similarities with like witcher Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and how enriching the side quest felt story-wise but i feel like it also had uh, similarities with Far Cry in the sense of exploration of, like, you're just – you got this open space and you're just running around. Yeah. Um, I mean, i trying to think of ways it would improve the open world. Oh, I might I, be I, something I, they can, like, grow on that in the, the future. But I don't know. Like, I felt like I had a mini world in it where you had all these different climate types and environments in such a small space. Yeah. Not small. I was it, it, it may not have. I think it felt small because of the fast travel but um, in the in the world that it provided it was like oh you got the winter or you got like the mountains you got the desert you got the forest.
1: Yeah, I really appreciated the different climates in the game. Uh, that was something that surprised me. Like when I realized a good chunk of the game was actually going to be played in the desert too. I was like, "What?" <laughs> like all of the trailers were like alpine mountains. Yeah little bit of snow and it's like surprise motherfucker (laughs) like desert (laughs) and then the and then the jungle like which by the way least favorite area in the entire game not because it sucked but because it was just terrifyingly filled with all those damn invisibles like those like
0: hated the invisibles
1: those are my least favorite monster to fight and it's
0: it yeah i just can't
1: i can't even (laughs) especially
0: there was like one where it was like a corrupted area with those and that's the other thing we haven't touched on was, similar to, like, the cauldrons, there was the corrupted regions, which felt like challenge modes to me. It's like, yeah. take down this ver- these beasts when they're, like, a little bit more amped up. Yeah. But did, here's a question. Did you ever feel, in terms of, uh, what difficulty did you play the game on?
1: Hardcore. <laughs> like, really? Highest rating.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. So how did how did beginning, middle, and end of the game feel difficulty-wise as you got what more and more capable and more and more gear. So like, uh, under your difficulty,
1: the main thing that they amped up is your damage soaking. So like okay, in hardcore mode, the beginning of the game felt like Dark Souls. Like I'd literally get charged by one thing and it would just wipe me (laughs) and like (laughs) getting armor literally only gave me one more hit to get knocked down sort of thing so it's like if they hit me i'd have like half of a hit point left and then (laughs) and then they would wipe me so like that was kind of like my mid-game experience so like it turned into this sort of very much the dark souls like perfectionist style right where you're like i have to play this perfect i need to overstock on potions like I think I accessed the potion menu far more than a regular player just because I was always changing things so that I'd be like, I'd have some sort of advantage in that fight. Uh, I imagine and you're like... you're
0: talking about the various potions where it's like the stat stat boosts and stuff yeah. as well? Okay. Yeah,
1: so it would like double your hit points yeah. <laughs> so I could take three hits instead of just one sort okay. of thing. Um, like, that. that was the main reason why, like, the end game felt so nice because once I got to the end game, I was pretty much perfecting everything except for, like, maybe the Thunderhawk. I still am not 100% comfortable fighting Thunderhawks because if you have the right armor and you stack it properly, you can take five or six hits from them before they wipe you. Uh, But, like, I don't know. I I never found, like, the groove, right? Like, a Thunderjaw, I can take it down completely easy. Like, base armor, normal equipment, I can can still take down a Thunderjaw. But, like, Mm You go up against the Thunderhawk. I don't, it just has a lot of hit points. So it's just like, you can't really try a perfect run against them. Like mm-hmm. later on in the game, I just started getting cocky and just started using her, her, her starter Nora outfit just to like see yeah. how well I could do it. And like, I'd say roughly three times out of four, I would actually take something down, like that I was comfortable with. Okay. But the Thunderhawk was like more like, <laughs> one time out of four that uh-huh. I even, like, landed a shot. Like, I would say 0% I've taken it down in the Nora starter armor. Um, okay. so
0: Here's a question. Did you ever unlock the, uh, the shield weaver armor?
1: I did not, and that's oh, something okay. that I'm I regret. I'm really regretted. curious
0: how that would have played out for you in the harder difficulty because it pretty much made the game where in, in normal, which is what I played, mm-hmm. after I unlocked that armor, it was essentially I'm playing, like, with a code in, and I'm, like, taking zero damage ever.
1: I'd actually forgotten about that quest. It's It, it had been sitting in my queue for, like, ever, and I was, like, it's a pretty, little bit worried that it would do that. It was
0: actually pretty fun, like, getting it. So the process of getting it was fun, and you, you kind of go into these areas you wouldn't expect to be going. And that was the fun, I could say that about all the side quests, it always made me... Aside from, like, the, the the mission itself and the fun things it would have me do, the places it would take me or places I, w- I didn't even think of going or like, little nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. But the Shield Weaver Armor, like, it made the game different, but it I was expecting it to be dull and boring at that point. But it was fun because I was, like, I'm approaching these beasts now with a confidence I didn't have before. Like, before it was, like, overwhelmingly difficult and I'm struggling. Then it became, okay... I have confidence I can get through this encounter, but I still mm-hmm. got to, like, think a little bit and time things. Once I had the Shield Weaver, I was like, I can approach them, and it became just, like, a kind of a Grand Theft Auto mode where it's like, ah, <laughs> dude, what the hell I fucking want? Like, it opened up my creative outlet. Like, I'll try a weapon I don't typically use to take yeah. this down because I, I can afford myself the the hits or, like, <laughs> whatever. Because what it does is it absorbs a good amount of hits before you take any damage, but usually by that point I've – established dominance on that creature or that area. And I'm like, okay, I've got control again.
1: It's funny that you say established dominance. Like, I'm picturing you literally sitting over one of these monsters and just being as, like, as no.
0: As did. <laughs> That's exactly the visual that the game... I'll, I'll have to take a screenshot next time I do that,
1: but like the okay, so I'm glad that that's actually what it does because I remember cursing so often during the the final final boss fight that I was like, there's no reason the game is supposed to be this hard like i'm I'm good like a class monster hunter like I, I I'm fine killing these things, but the the amount of damage they are outputting makes no rational sense to me. <laughs> And so I was just like, "There has to be a better way." And so I guess that was that was my bad for not getting the shield weaver armor.
0: Well, it's something it's, it's <laughs> fun because it's like once you've beaten the game, you're like, "Okay, if you haven't gotten it, you should." It, I definitely think it's worthwhile to get it and then see how the game feels once you have it because it's like it, an added like a little cherry on top. Okay, if you've already proved yourself, and now you get to go. You could like redo the final encounters with that and be like, "Oh." Haha <laughs> now I have now I can, I can establish dominance.
1: <laughs> How do you like me now? <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah. um here's a question for you. I mm. I think one area where I would definitely want to see improvements upon are I felt like there was a lot of weapons that I wanted to use but mm-hmm. at any given point and I'm, there were there was still the loadout wheel that you get where you can mm-hmm. like load up a few quick hot key i guess weapons Mm -hmm. Um, i thought it was really cleverly made and the fact that you could not only pick the weapon but also the the ammo type from that wheel yeah was really well made but there was a lot of times where i was like oh okay besides these weapons i do there's like five other weapons to their credit that they came up with that i want to try but -hmm. now i have to like pause and switch gears did you find yourself like feeling limited because of that and be like, okay, this is the four that I'm or five or whatever weapons I'm going to be using because of that. Or did you feel that you were like, which, which made you want to stay with whatever weapons? Was it the fact that you were limited or the fact that you found yourself really attuned to the weapons that you picked?
1: It was, it was more that I actually found myself attuned to what I was using. Um, Because like, I know like the sling is like, I've seen so many strategies that people have put up that it's like, the sling's the best get weapon in the game, and I'm like, I never use the sling.
0: The only I, time I used the sling was when, like, I had a hallway where humans were coming at me, and I was like, all right, three slings, and they're they're all dead.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that that even worked that way. Like, for me, I only used them during the Hunter Lodge quests, when they were like, you need to use the sling for X. And oh, like, okay. yeah,
0: yeah, when, they, when like, you need to, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, like, for me... um, it was like, as soon as I figured out, cause like I, I saw the rope caster and I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Didn't touch it till the end game. Like, literally, like, until I fought my first Thunderhawk, and I was like, fine, I'm gonna try every fucking weapon I have and see what (laughs) works, and that's the one that worked? I was like, oh, oh my god, I could have used this on everything else, I'm like, but I like my Tripcaster. (laughs) Yeah, so
0: for me, I remember early on in the game, the first time I faced, like, a saber tooth one, Mm -hmm. I used the Tripcaster on that one, I think because it was still one of the first other weapons I got, and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm like to my playstyle I was like okay I'll try and use it but I never figured out I think if I tried more I would have figured out the locations better to place them but mm-hmm. I ended up going more spear and arrow and then when I like I got access to the terror blaster I was like oh this is really cool it's like a shotgun armor blast like it gets sort of a but then I got the terror arrow type and I was yes. like, why <laughs> do I need both when I can just use one? And I was like, I'll just use the... I, I kind of tried consolidating loadout spaces so that I could. Ju- I would just use the arrow type because then it would afford me opportunities for different arrow types as well. Yep. And then that spot where the tear blaster was, I could use for something else.
1: Yeah, I like. I, I can totally see how that would work that way. But at the same time, like part of me was also kind of... Um, really impressed by the weapon types that they had in the game.
0: Oh yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get at is that there's to their credit, they made all these really cool weapons that you want to try and Mm -hmm. want to use them at any given scenario. But because of to me, I felt like that loadout, I don't know how they'll resolve it. I feel like they will Mm -hmm. uh, for future game or maybe in this expansion or like in the next uh, sequel Mm -hmm. uh, uh, iteration of this. But I felt like they had that was a good problem
1: to have, I would Yeah, say. yeah I was um I was actually kind of surprised they didn't do and this could be just for me actually being an archer like I was surprised they didn't have interchangeable sections of the bow, like changing the the strength of the limbs and I get oh, yeah. okay like being able to like switch that out like yeah. that felt really sort of not as a mistake because this game's pretty damn close to perfect, but like yeah. the bow. Um, it felt like there could have been more to that. Like you get to the third or fourth bow and you're kind of like, all right, like, this is it, (laughs) you know? And I was like, but you could tinker with it, right? Like you could put a sight on it. So it could like zoom in a little bit closer. You could, um, like strengthen it so that like the, the output of the damage is a lot more. And like, you could also have a bunch of different garnishes on it. Like for me, I like, I like my cool visual shit on stuff, right? Yeah, that's true. I would have loved a, a Bonnock bow. Like, I would have loved to see what that actually would have looked like, you know? But, like, it's clearly a Nora bow. Yeah. And, and so,
0: here's a question for you. you. You bring up the look and stuff. We, How often did you change your, um, A, your outfits, and B, your mods? Uh,
1: Always had the max mods on stuff. So, anytime I picked one up, I would compare, contrast, and then dump or sell. Okay. Um, I changed outfits constantly. Like, the second I knew what I was fighting, I would cha- I would be jumping in the air, and I'm sure, like, in the game's <laughs> vision, it would look really strange. She'd, like, rip off all of her clothes <laughs> and put on, like, something else. Where is um, she
0: keeping all these outfits? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, she's like the Flash, right? Like, it's just in a ring oh, and just, yeah. like, magically great. wraps around her. I mean, if
0: Link can carry, like, 40 different types of weapons and shit. I'm sure <laughs> and, Aloy, Aloy can carry a bunch of different outfits.
1: And and a massive refrigerator of materials. Yeah, Aloy exactly. can totally carry that. Yeah, so, yes, I changed outfits pretty often. I did have a particular aesthetic. I was actually going to ask that of you. Like, what was your favorite outfit, like, graphically? Like, how it looked?
0: I liked, uh, I don't remember which one it was called, but I liked the warrior ones the most. Let me see if I can... Pull that up. I I had a tab open. Mm. I liked the uh, the uh, protector. There was one where it was like the ones I would switch between the most besides Shield Weaver. Shield Weaver is probably my favorite looking. But mm. the two that I enjoyed both function and form was the one. There was one where it was specifically against melee um, mm-hmm. preventative yeah. damage, and there was another Protective. where it was specifically against uh, ranged weaponry.
1: The Arrow Breaker. Yeah, those yeah.
0: were like my two favorite that I switched between. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the Karja one had a really cool look to it. Uh, yeah. It felt very like if if you've seen. Is is this the one I'm thinking of? I think it is. Hold on, I'm pulling up a, an image of it. Uh huh. No, it's. There was a red one. I'm trying to remember which one the red one was. I think it that's was the Karja like, one. I don't. Well, wait. Ours? No, not Arsene. Wait, it was the blazing one i think it was the fire one. one oh the f- yeah yeah the fire one it reminded me of the um uh what was it avatar uh <laughs> yeah fire nation the fire nation when like uh uh what was in her name um soka yeah
1: when uh, katara. Went- katara katara
0: sorry, katara yeah katara <laughs> forgive me avatar fans <laughs> uh, for, for when Katara and them had to wear like the Fire Lord outfits and stuff, I was like, oh, this, this, that's how these outfits felt to me. It's like, here's the Water Tribe, here's the Fire Fire Tribe, here's the Earth Tribe. Like, yes. that approach to like the as, the visuals of each one, aside from like, you innately kind of get a sense of like, this one I think will probably help or defend me against this type mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. mod or whatever. Cause they each had like a function, whereas like resistance to this or benefit to this or whatever.
1: Um, did you like kind of role play the character whenever you were in different villages, like change the outfit according to what village you were in?
0: The village is not so much like so for me, I didn't really play with the outfits as mm. soon as I should have. I, I think because the biggest thing I had a, a, a scarcity of was funds. Mm. I didn't I I was hoarding a lot of materials. And then midway through the game, I realized I had such an abundance that I was like, I'm always short on cash. Maybe I should sell some of this stuff. Yeah. And I started selling stuff and I was like, okay, now I can afford all these outfits that I've wanted because I would wait on until I could get like the, the purple or the highest uh, rarity, whatever, of an outfit. Yeah. And I would get... Uh, those were the ones I would get and then you could just r- rotate between those. Oh, um, yeah, same yeah. with the the weapon types. I didn't start exploring them until I could afford like the, the highest end of them because I didn't want to keep having to buy them, I think. Oh, wow. I don't know. That was... I I think I probably limited myself in that sense, but once I had them, I it really I really noticed a difference in like my capabilities and like what options I had available to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, regret set in, but um, <laughs> yeah, once uh, I I wouldn't I I would start using them per situation. So I would change the outfits then, not really by role playing, but by like, okay, now I'm in abandoned camp. I'm probably going to be facing a lot of arrow types, so I'll change it to range weapons. Or oh. I'm going to go melee against some of these Sabertooths and and uh, the Raptor Watcher guys. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with melee resistance or something.
1: I had a very weird approach to it. <laughs> it was yeah. like, for some reason, I was like, I always dressed in the Nora armor, like, wherever I went. So it was either the Nora, Nora like, protector armor or the the sort of, like, jack-of-all-trades one that helps you protect against all the different elements. And so, like, I always had that on because I was like, I'm a proud Nora one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like this is a fucking single player game like who's gonna notice but I realized that like when you start changing outfits they actually do notice it so like oh, I would really? start yeah so I was wearing the the blaze uh, the blaze armor the Karja oh. blaze armor whenever I was walking around any sort of Karja town spe- even like the Hunter's Lodge mm-hmm. and like if you listen to the background audio um, they're actually a lot more respectful but if you wear uh, like Nora armor they're like oh who let that riffraff in that sort of right. stuff
0: oh, that's and I was what, like I like
1: that yeah, it is a really cool detail. I was like, okay,
0: all right, all right, yeah, I like this.
1: So, cool. just kind of kept on with that. <laughs> so
0: that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, to to sort of wrap things up, I think that I was expecting the gameplay to be, as amazing as it was, and we talked about the story and how amazing that was. But like, mm-hmm. I'm really glad they like knocked it out of the park with all these mechanics and gameplay like we the 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 ticks we did have it's sort of like you did good but this would make it even like this is more like fantasy list it's like this would make me come back for more sort of thing
1: <laughs> yeah and on the whole like exploration open world thing mm-hmm. and this is this is primarily because I played Breath of the Wild after this I really wish that she could just climb everything
0: yeah i think that's the one thing i well she every climbing aspect reminded me i was like oh i'm playing uncharted
1: yeah yeah that's, yeah, not, that's true like, yeah as
0: long as I pressed up, she'll find a way to like go left or right or whatever and her upper body strength is fantastic and I'm envious.
1: yeah, I was <laughs> like you are a beast <laughs> literally
0: <laughs> yeah so cool um uh, I guess uh so th- yeah that wraps up uh, this week's uh the monthly um, <laughs> next week we'll be talking about um I guess what we think will happen with the future of this franchise and game. Uh, things we'd like to see. So stay tuned and we'll wrap that up and uh, we'll, we'll start uh, uh, checking out, seeing what we sh- what we should talk about next. I think yeah. we have a few ideas. I think so. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll let you guys know what it is uh, next episode. But uh, until then, I'm Karosh, uh, always joined by my co-host, Jay. Uh, you then- can find us at The Monthly. Um, we'll be on iTunes and various other podcast services. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay, where can they reach you?
1: Um, I am at uh, at Geekitect on Twitter. Uh, I will answer all of your geeky needs uh, <laughs> on there, and that's pretty much it. I need to make another Twitter though for like the monthly. Okay. Yeah, we'll,
0: <laughs> we've been talking about it. We'll we'll make it happen. We'll yeah. Make some magic happen, and then you can find me at Kudro Prime. Uh, you find me on probably uh, I think Instagram, Twitter, you know, whatever. Just hit me up uh, where we, and on our podcast you can always contact us there please uh like subscribe leave a review let us know what you think if you have any games or questions that you'd like to see or us answer we'd love to hear from you Mm -hmm. um until then uh, it's been a pleasure jay yeah
1: likewise talk to you soon talk to you soon